Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I like to use Anchor because it gets our podcast into all the apps that people use and to as many ears as possible. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm rolling. Yeah, we recorded it. Was it? Yeah, time goes by fast. That did not feel like a half hour at all. It never does. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. Now we're we're back, though, and we're moving on to uh, five through one. Top five. Top five. Decades. So, uh, Jake, why don't you start us off with your number five? I will do that. Um, number five, we actually already talked about. Uh, Luke had it uh, higher up, I believe. Uh, or lower, I should say. Uh, is Moonlight, which everything he said previously uh, I would agree with. And that movie, f- on a personal level, has has really shaped how I, I look at independent film and how you know, that movie really democratized it and, and made it really accessible to a lot of people. Even, you know, that movie was produced by Brad Pitt and released by A24 and was a pretty giant giant hit compared to its budget, which was, I believe, around $2 million. Um, and that, the way that movie was marketed, which was it's, it's about a young gay black kid in the projects, and, you know, you kind of have your preconceived notions going in. Um, but... It's not like that at all. It's a really, really melancholy movie about uh, growing up and, and life and how, you know, just singular moments really shape your perception on uh, everything and, and your relationships primarily and, you know, how you sort of view view yourself in the world that, that other people don't. And, you know, in the case of the, the, the young boy that we follow for, for decades is just astounding how truthful it is to how it really is like growing up aside from the 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 love story in that movie i think it's a timeless depiction on how you know so many singular just moments in someone's life can can create a trajectory of bad decisions and and just how you 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 react to certain things and that movie is is so beautifully constructed it's the score is amazing it's shot like no other movie with just so many really great tracking shots especially towards the beginning um just sort of acclimating you in this world uh, i think mahersha ali is is deserved the oscar i think he's incredible i think it deserved the screenplay win at the oscars and of course the best picture and i think 
what's so great about that movie and why we will look at it say 20 30 years from now it's it transcends any sort of uh any sort of notion of what it's like to grow up in the projects or to grow up anywhere because that movie i think can relate to anyone no matter their gender no matter their sexual orientation no matter how they view the world i think it's a movie that's collectively shows who we are as human beings and how empathy is important and how everyone in our life surrounding us is important and it goes way beyond just a simple love story and i think is top five movies of the 2010s and i I know you guys agree already because we already talked about it yeah moonlight great pick yeah i mean i'm I'm good (laughs) i wish it's that it's definitely one that'll be remembered for a while yeah one of the best movies of the of the millennia millennia the millennia absolutely um and and just quick shout-outs for Barry Jenkins before we move on. He has a movie called Medicine for Melancholy that came out in 2011, 2012, was made for nothing, and is such a beautiful movie. And I think uh, Moonlight wouldn't exist for without that movie because it shows how empathetic he is for his characters and how much he really cares about humanity and how you know we communicate. And I think that movie, and of course with Moonlight and Beale Street, like we said before, Barry Jenkins is one of the best, most celebrated filmmakers of our time for a reason. So, yeah, Moonlight. Yeah. I yeah, and actually, I really like um, Barry Jenkins a lot now. And I was reading, I guess, more into Moonlight, and apparently, uh, he filmed a lot of it where he sort of grew up um, in yeah. uh, in Florida and Florida. A lot of the some people in the area were like upset that this oh it's this big like Hollywood movie filming <laughs> here like this is so annoying yeah. like we like we hate you get out all of here the, uh, and then they all found the out old uh, the old white people <laughs> yeah. but uh, but all Ironically. the people in the community then then found out that he that the guy who was making the film was from mm. was from there so then they turned around and they were like oh this is like, yes that's great yeah that's yeah. really cool. Uh, he seems like a really great guy. Yeah, I'm excited to see He's whatever great. he does next. Yeah. Also, Naomi Harris, who's the mother in that movie, she's also in Skyfall, which you were mentioned before. Money Penny. Yeah. 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 She filmed that movie in three days, and she played three different aspects of of age and and character, and it's just insane. She shot. She that is in three amazing days. in that. She's yeah. one of the best actresses we have. Based on that performance alone and being in Bond, I think yeah. she's incredible. Yeah. And going back to Skyfall too, the character of Money Penny is usually used to just be this older woman who's like sexually infatuated with James Bond. Right. And finally, with Naomi Harris, it's actually like a competent uh, person working yeah. on like MI6. And it's more yeah, rather it, than it's just a this uh, ridiculous character. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more of a, like, it's so a traditional good. professional partnership. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyhow. All right. Yeah. All right. So my number five is a movie that um, I know is one of Jake's favorites. He showed me it, um, and I've watched it a couple times, um, and it just screams. um, It just screams for, like, of importance of a time period, and it is – Andrea Arnold's uh, 2016 film American Honey. Um, I've uh, 
I've been trying to get more into Andrea Arnold uh, recently since a bunch of her stuff dropped on the Criterion channel. Basically, all her features and uh, all her shorts. And I am mainly interested in getting into her work because of this film. Um, watching it was really unforgettable. Um, I felt I've I felt like almost um, in a way I've never felt before during a movie in just how um, empowering and freeing uh, the feeling that this movie gives you. Um, and it's just, it also has just such an independent, uh, real feel about real people. Um, and, and, um, it also has Shia LaBeouf killing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, I could, I, let me read the description cause I didn't say anything about it other than I liked it. Um, a teenage girl with nothing to lose joins a traveling magazine sales crew and gets caught up in a whirlwind of hard partying, law-bending, and young love as the uh, crisscross as, as she crisscrosses the Midwest with a band of misfits. Um, so yeah, I I just really have, have all... This movie has always stayed in my mind. Um, just like various scenes, the soundtrack, and just the overall feeling it gave me, and... Um, it is very just it is just an incredible portrait of contemporary America. And um, I don't John, have you seen the Florida Project? No, we just talked about that our last episode, though. <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah. um, I, I, I know a decent amount about the Florida. Project, so I would co- I would compare it, it yeah. into that a way, except the um, a different a very different uh, a very different vibe, very different energy and very much about um just kind of a um the lower class of america in like more in the southern region and um it brings just a lot of insight into this um into the culture and just the um and just how and how the um, modern day world has shaped these people and uh yeah the american honey is a uh, must watch for the decade yeah and that that's one um i will part of the reason i'm really glad we're doing this uh, top 10 is that I knew you guys would pull out some that I haven't seen yet that uh, that I that I really should. And American Honey is one that I've heard a lot about, but I haven't gotten yeah. around to seeing. And it's with Shia LaBeouf and uh, the the girl that's in it, too. What else has she been in? Riley Keough. She's in um she's in a lot. Uh, I'm blanking, but she, she, looks <laughs> she so does familiar. a lot. Of I know I've seen her in something else, but yeah. Um, oh, man. she's been in a lot of movies yeah. uh, she's a great in the movie too um, yeah like you said it's it's gonna be way higher up on my list so I'm gonna hold my tongue for now but I love that movie too so that's all I'll say now <laughs> yeah all right American honey that's yeah that's cool guys we can move on <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a really no, good good that's de- fine that I'm was definitely... a really good description I will say a really good description why I'm I love sati- that movie I'm too, satisfied I will chime in later I'm satisfied with that moment. And I will also <laughs> say right now, I'm definitely interested in uh, whatever Shia LaBeouf does now. I think he's a really yeah. interesting person, just in general. Yes. Right. So I'm um, always. So when intrigued. I was talking to you about a uh, Honey Boy, and mm-hmm. I was mentioning like, you know, uh, Shia LaBeouf has some performances, and like, in, as it has been in some movies that are just like my favorites of the decade. Mm-hmm. This is what I meant. This is what yeah. I meant. Like mm-hmm. Shia's fantastic in this movie. He loves honey. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sure does. It sure can't, does. Can't can't get enough of it. <laughs> All right. All right. Um. So then my number five is um, another one that's also on Luke's list, uh, which is the social network. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I won't go. We we talked a lot about it. I won't go. Uh, I won't go on too much more, but um, yeah, it's uh, easily one of the more um, important movies of, of the decade of our generation. And I feel like years from now, it'll still be talked about and there'll be probably even more movies made about um, what social media has become right now. There'll be like a, a Netflix show all about <laughs> social media and it'll, yeah. probably, it'll suck. <laughs> <laughs> it was the past nine years. Just think of how much Facebook has changed since then. Right. Um, and now I've, uh, I've actually, I've since been to Facebook headquarters um, out here. Oh yeah. The new, uh, the new digs. Yes. And, and just to see the sort of campus they have for, this company is it's like insane the amount of people and just buildings and technology and all this stuff that goes into a platform that now is used for like grandmas to post pictures and for people <laughs> to share like random fake news uh on it's it's just crazy how um well first of all i love how the the book that it's based on is called the accidental billionaires which I think is like it's the so perfect good. title for it's so good, yeah. What social media is really It's all these people like Zuckerberg and um, uh, you know the guys who started Google and Twitter and just um, how it's all in just a short period of time become this huge uh, behemoth and uh, yeah, yeah. The social network is um, regardless of what it's about, even is um, just a great story, sort of about. Um, yeah, two friends. Yeah, two two friends, really. Yeah, really. Jealousy and uh, and rage and uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship in, gen- in general, yeah. yeah. Marketing. Marketing, yeah. It's uh, finance. Um, yeah, re- regardless of of what it's about, it's still like there's so many themes that you can take away from it. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's another one that's super rewatchable, and I don't know if we talked about this before too, but the score. Uh, it was great. Trent Reznor, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that that na na na. Yeah, very simple, but uh, na, na, really good. <laughs> yeah, and all the sy- yeah. the synths, the synthy, Synth. and then the piano. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Social Network coming up again. Coming around the bend. Coming around the bend. Network. <laughs> all right, now we're on to number four. We're really getting in deep, aren't we? Oh uh, yeah. We're in the trenches now. The point of no return, huh? Um, okay. Um, this is uh, this is a more obscure movie, like I like the French movie I uh, did before, and it's because it's from a foreign director. Um, I hope you guys have heard of this movie. Uh, my number four pick is Melancholia, directed by yes. Lars von Trier. It stars Kirsten Dunst, Charlotte Gainsbourg, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, and real quick, just to describe the plot of this movie, because it's so insane when you say it out loud. Um, essentially, uh, Kirsten Dunst is getting married to one of the Sarsgaard brothers. I can't keep them straight in my head. One of the Sarsgaards. And she's essentially the most depressed character you've ever seen on film. And basically, you see her the night of her wedding rehearsal and then her eventual wedding unfold. Um, 
But then the movie takes an unexpected turn where it jumps forward in time to where Chris Dunst and her sister discover that another planet is going to collide with Earth. So it really becomes a just tragic, frantic sci-fi story. And what Lars von Trier does in this movie that I think is so brilliant is that he he comments on depression, which I think is really hard to do in film, and he displays it in a way that is so earth-shattering. Like, quite literally, it's it's put against the backdrop of Earth being destroyed and how how depression affects people that much, which is, I think, brilliant to do, to... to, to to put it's kind of what arrival did with sci-fi which is to tell a really human emotional story with the backdrop of aliens and in the case of melancholia it's more mm. literal like the yeah. earth is going to collide with another planet and this movie's so layered i could I, it's really hard to put into one soundbite but i think why i put it on my list is that uh first of all kirsten dunn's i think one of our greatest actresses that we have she, her work with Sofia Coppola and and Fargo and Spider-Man she's the best and this is this movie is her most understated and her most physically just demanding performances she's great in it but also movies that tackle depression just usually don't work for me because it never really captures the feeling that you have when you're in your deepest just fights against it and that's what melancholia really cop- captures and i think you know, with mental health crises happening in our country and all over the world, this movie is important, and I, I I really hope other people watch it because it's so truthful. And um, on top of that, a really compelling sci-fi movie at the same time. Uh, so you get the big for your buck. Uh, watch Melancholia if you guys haven't seen it yet. It's my number four. I have not seen it. I've definitely I've seen that um, image of Kristen Dunst. I just looked it up. Right. Same. same. Um, I've seen that yeah. a lot of like when I was researching my top ten list. I saw Melancholia top a good amount of lists. Um, yes. By well respected uh, film uh, film journalism media sites and um, yeah, I've been trying to. I've been like meaning to get down the uh, Lars von Trier. Uh, rabbit hole more it's a dark um, rabbit i've hole. only watched <laughs> nymphomaniac volume one and i have so i have a long way to go um there's a lot more to see i know um but um yeah i've i yeah uh, i gotta add i gotta get out i gotta i gotta see melancholia now for sure definitely yeah. do and the, the thing with lars von trier is he he like I said, with Harmony Corinne and so many of these people, Spike Lee, and he looks at the world in a very personal way and just tells us we need to be better about mental health and we need to be better about how we communicate. And it's, it's, it's a very sad movie, but it's also a really angry movie at the same time and not an easy watch. I will tell you guys that, but it's a very rewarding and emotional experience that I think, you know, has been celebrated, which is great, and a lot of people love it. And Lars von Trier is a really, really complex filmmaker. If you've heard about his his, his comments at, at Cannes Film Festival and how divisive he is, but yeah, I, I I think if you've suffered from depression or if you know anyone that suffered from depression, that movie really rings true to a lot of things. 
Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Kirsten Dunst too, because I think she yes. is. She is just so great. She is. I, season two of Fargo is mm-hmm. amazing. I I love that so much. But prior to even that, I mean, what I remember her most from is just Spider Man. Spider Man. Um, which I also I love those movies. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, seeing her nowadays too, she was kind of, kind of like a uh, typical like girl next door almost in the early 2000s but she's actually a great actress and uh yeah i'm glad you uh glad you brought her up yeah melancholia that's added to my list now gotta see that awesome nice great with that sad note uh (laughs) move on to number four for you (laughs) my number four um is not as sad as that Um, (laughs) it is i would say it's um it is much more uplifting. It is spiritually uplifting, and I will say that I've watched this multiple times and have have felt uh, reborn, if you will. If, Jeez. So how about that for wow. build up? Um, I wanted to put. I needed. I know. I knew I needed one Jim Jarmusch movie on this list, and I had, I was torn between two. And so I decided to go with um, Patterson with Adam Driver. Um, yeah, I, I mean Jake showed me this movie too, and so I don't need to, don't need to, <laughs> don't need to ask him. Um, but yeah, John, if I, I like, if I, you know, out of all the movies I've recommended to you over all these episodes we've done, um. I would like put this at like the top of your list um, because I think you would personally really, really? fucking like it. Um, yeah, this movie this movie is mainly about Adam Driver as a poet, a poet slash bus driver um, living in Patterson, New Jersey. And it is based on a poetry book by William Carlos Williams. And it is... And it is very much about just daily life and finding um, finding creativity and art out of everyday life. And it is just a very simple, humble film about humble characters, but yet it is so um, powerful and like spiritual and beautiful at the same time. Um, Adam Driver and um, his wife, in this film who is played by oh that's a name that is so hard <laughs> don't even try to pronounce I'm not it even it's fine try. john and i have <laughs> we have butchered you're butchering names. everybody's we name. have butchered <laughs> names every episode and i'm not gonna do this one because she is so great you'll remember movie. her name once you see it again it's okay yeah She's it's all so about good um, seeing the name rather than hearing it <laughs> it's um, about believing <laughs> yeah believing that she exists uh and so yeah uh th- this film is is just for me was just so personally inspiring and um just rejuvenating um and really helped me gain a lot of perspective on uh, how to view um, everyday life um, and how to view uh, how creativity goes along with that. And yeah, it, it, I just think everyone who is s- somewhat interesting should see it. 
and John, you are definitely somewhat interesting. So you should you should see it. Um, That's and, the nicest thing anyone said about. Yeah, me. yeah. you're I know, somewhat and, intriguing. And, 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 <laughs> intriguing. And so yeah, uh, I I I would say that out of all the movies on this list, um, this is one of the most humble personal movies um to me that's actually i we i think we talked about patterson briefly in another episode yeah probably and since then i added it's on amazon prime and i added it to my list there and i just for some reason haven't watched it but now now for sure with your like endorsement of it i gotta watch yeah. it like soon so i, I definitely yeah. will watch that probably in the next week or two um, yeah awesome. yeah love love it love it a lot um I could re yeah, and it's and it, it it just like the rewatches, it just doesn't get old, you know the effect yeah. um, as well. It's literally built into the structure of that movie. It is like promotes rewatch because it's like you follow him day by day, <laughs> exactly. And where exactly. it becomes like a diff- every step of that movie becomes just a new portal into like different themes and different yeah it's character traits about adam driver it's that very movie, much got that uh slice of life yeah. feel as it is kind of like, structured as yeah. in like a week of the life of uh patterson just like jarmusch's characters uh or jarmusch's movies are very mund he's like the mundane master really like he follows characters through just really quote-unquote trivial parts of their lives but he celebrates the every man and the every woman, which is why he's one of my favorite directors. That movie is perfection. It comes from one of the best years of the decade, if we're going to talk about the decade specifically. Like, we talked about Moonlight, we, and Patterson came out that year too. Manchester by the Sea came out that year, and so many great movies. And that's definitely one that's stuck with me, and Jarbouche always sticks with me, and that, that, that movie is very special. Yeah, so watch it, John. All right. Um, all right. We're yeah. just like forcing it down your throat, basically. You're going to watch it? <laughs> I was definitely interested in watching it before, but now even more so. So, no, I'm, I'm for sure going to. I wanted to watch yeah. it before, but now I really don't want to watch it. <laughs> now, yeah. now I don't, yeah. Mundane, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and we're like, well, uh, well. Fuck you. <laughs> my life is the opposite of mundane. So, so on, to number, yeah. on to my number four then. Real my qu- life is just freaking <laughs> awesome. So no way. Yeah. Real quick before we move on. I think Adam Driver is one of the best actors of the decade mm-hmm. by far. And I think that personally is my favorite performance he's given over the decade. I think it speaks most to him if, as being a great actor and like why we think he's a great actor. Because... He reminds, for me personally, he always reminds me of myself because he's the everyman and he, he's humble, he's awkward, and he's just extremely caring about other other people. He's like he's an inspiring guy, that Adam Driver, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And that's he's our De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> and he, yeah, yeah, he's and he's just from like a small town in Indiana. Yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's in like ten movies a year now, and they're all <laughs> that he acclaimed. Is. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Adam Driver is definitely one that uh, figured would pop up on uh, on our list this time around. Um, all right, yeah, number four. Um, all right, then I'll get to my number four, which is not as, uh, I guess, 
it's it's pretty serious, but not a, not as serious <laughs> or deep as those movies are that you both mentioned for your number four. Uh, but it is one of the most enjoyable movies I've seen, uh, and it's Bone Tomahawk. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, Craig Zoller movie, yes. which is one I had no yeah, we, idea uh, we anything like about. Tomahawk. What's that? I said we both liked Bone, uh, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yeah. Bone I Tomahawk love that is. movie so much. I didn't know anything about it, and I had actually – I listened to uh, Doug Benson's podcast a lot, and he oh, and he he explained it all. <laughs> he's like, you gotta see Bone Tomahawk when everyone, when anyone, anytime someone asks me what's a movie that I haven't seen, that's really good, and I should see. He says Bone Tomahawk. So uh, I saw it, and immediately it became uh, one of the more rewatchable movies for me that I loved, and I immediately wanted to see more horror western. Uh, mm. type movies like this and yeah. uh, the cast is great too Kurt Russell so good. Um, Richard uh, Jenkins Richard, Richard Jenkins, Jenkins yeah. yeah he's in Step Brothers Dale he's a, Dobek he's a great character actor <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dale Dobek's dad yeah he's um, Mr. Dobek Mr. Yeah, Dobek <laughs> he's uh, he's such a great character actor and he's so great in this too and um, yeah. Patrick Wilson uh, yeah. another Fargo uh, yep. TV series Fargo actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's um, uh, I definitely I'm a, I'm a fan of the Western genre, and I this is such a great sort of take on that, but mm. also adding sort of a, a horror element. But it's also it's not super like it's not supernatural really. It's um, it doesn't ultimately seem too realistic, but it's not way over the top and insane. Like it, it seems, yeah. it's terrifying in the sense that it seems like. If you it's were more like transported back in this time, nat- native religious cult horror, like in yes. um, in uh, I walked with a zombie, like something like that, kind of. Yes, yeah, totally. And it's uh, oh man, it it, it looks so great. It's I just can't. I've since I've seen it one time. I I watched it. I re- rewatched it probably three or four times. Wow. Um, just since then, um, and it, and it's just sort of become a one of my favorite movies i guess sort of in the rotation yeah. of it's one of the of one smallest of my westerns like ever yeah yeah and it's um and not only not only like the big names too but um matthew fox who i think is that's right as far as i know he's only yeah. been in like lost but the I, lost uh, guy yeah. yeah i really liked his character he's he was um hateable in a in a good way <laughs> that movie um, i think is yeah. deeper than you're giving it credit for even like it is a fun yeah. uh exploitation horror western but um something that uh as craig zoller the director has done is he kind of takes like this conservative outlook on the world like in that movie and it's like what were people afraid of specifically like the powerful white guys and of that time and it was like the natives it was the unknown beyond where they were comfortable and i think that movie explores that in a really brilliant way like same with i don't know if you saw dragged across concrete is like tackles that in a similar way which is crime and race relations and and um i think he's a really great director and he kind of subverts like how we watch like crime movies and 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 exploitation and horror uh i think he's a really unique voice definitely and i, I mm-hmm. love that movie as well yeah i have uh i saw dragged across concrete simply because i loved bone tomahawk yeah um it's and really there's still i I still see Brawl and Cell Block, um, whatever it is, with uh, Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. 
um yeah and as craig zoller i've i've seen i've read up more about him i guess since then and uh he just seems like uh a huge movie fan too yep uh and so he he kind of has his own style because he's he's such a nerd about things and he even um i think i saw this too that he even still rates movies on imdb <laughs> and he, he has like an imdb <laughs> account where he rates and reviews he's very movies. much uh doing what we do yes uh, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's us he's a yeah, man of the people on. yeah um yeah yeah that's a great point too it, it definitely um um ties into that as well and uh yeah, it was just one I was just completely engrossed in uh, from the get-go. And, uh, yeah, stayed with me for a while. It's definitely one of my favorites. Definitely. So it's my number four. Yeah. It's great. That's, uh, that is a – that yeah, that's a quite an – I did not expect that for number four. <laughs> that is yeah. a great pick that I forgot about, so I feel bad that I didn't talk about it, but I'm glad you brought <laughs> it up. Um, so we are number three, I believe. Uh, yeah. Number three. Top three. Here's my uh, action movie for this decade that I will include. Oh, um, here we go. <laughs> just get your uh, testosterone ready. Uh, Balls to the wall. Um, <laughs> by the acclaimed uh, Parasite director, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, my number three is Snowpiercer, which nice. I think is an incredible movie that really didn't... It got its due... Uh, theatrically, but if you've read about it, that Harvey Weinstein and Miramax really held it back from being what it truly was going to be, which wasn't just a pure action movie, which it is. Um, but what I think is brilliant about that movie is that it explores classism um, and it explores really how I think the world would really act in a situation of post-apocalyptic, which you rarely see yeah, in movies tra- of yeah, that. If the world's yeah. on a train, yeah. It's really condensing everything in in our world to one really confined space. And I think that's a brilliant way to set up a movie that's about how we separate as a society of class and how, you know, the lower the lower tier has to rebel to make change, which I think is a really, really obviously it's 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 been you know hundreds of years where that's happened but it's really relevant to uh which you know parasite also explores is you know the top one percent sort of controlling how the lower class really act and if you put that in a balls to the wall just brilliantly directed action movie i think that is just something that i've never seen before on film to, to tell really two simultaneous stories happening, which is just people on a train, uh, you know, trying to rebel, but also what, how much it is like our world condensed in one small speedy train in the ice. And just from a storytelling perspective, I think that's just amazing. I think Bong Joon-ho is, you know, Korean cinema is, is something that Americans really look for for inspiration because they they do tell really relevant stories just universally and they do it in a really violent and just balls to the wall crazy uh, storytelling, uh, especially in Snowpiercer and if you've seen Parasite, much of the same way. And he's he's really had a great decade and I think this movie, um, you could argue Parasite's a better film. I think it is overall, but I think Snowpiercer really... Um, 
it really shaped how I look at how action movies could be much more than just a simple action premise and it could become a really emotional experience and a great cast too and um Bong Joon-ho's the best um what do you guys <laughs> think of that movie yeah I love Snow Peter at Snow Peter Snow Peter is also a great movie. Snow <laughs> Peter barely made fell my top into 10. the snow. <laughs> he got lost on a Christmas day. No, I think Snow Peter. I said it again. Snow Piercer is awesome. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, everything you said, like the close quarters and the the nastiness um, on the way the different cars cars interact with each other, and uh, Chris Evans is just a badass. <laughs> And the, Best performance the, the by far. fight scenes are just so drawn out, um, to where every the whole everything feels like it's at stake, and the kind of just intricacies that you find when you're on this train, like there's just so many things that um like so much exploration that you go on with these characters. I just think it's just so amazing. It's like just a brilliant. Uh, display of uh art direction in general yeah um oh yeah yeah just uh awesome awesome movie um yeah yeah i also really like snowpiercer and before i had seen parasite i had no idea it was the same director oh uh. um and and then sensing parasite i now want i desperately need to rewatch snowpiercer um, but yeah, yeah, loved it. And again, a great cast. Chris Evans is great in it, and um, yeah, just knowing that Parasite and Snowpiercer are the, by the same director, I need to. I need more of the bong in my life. You know, let that bong up, baby. That's all John is about. He's Pass me the bong, Jake. Yeah, I need yeah, it. Yeah, he's on that Cypress Hill <laughs> hits from the bong always. Talking yeah. about talking about bo- talking about him every week on our our show. Yeah, man, I just mentioned him, and I just recently seen yeah, you Hunters watched something Murder, last week. Yeah, um, which that I probably wouldn't have gotten around to seeing um, had I not just seen Parasite, um, and loved Parasite, obviously. Uh, what did you say about um, Weinstein? What did he? Um, it's a long story. I wish I could delve more into it. Basically. They bought the rights to the movie after it premiered at, uh, I think it was Cannes Film Festival, and they're like, okay, it's great, but we need to cut out a shit ton of it. So he brought Bong Joon-ho to the editing room, and he's like, all right, cut this, this, this. And Bong was really one of the only directors to ever tell Harvey Weinstein, he's like, go fuck yourself. It's my movie. You're not even. Hell yeah. You're not from <laughs> Korea, man. You don't know how we make movies. And, and stop touching my wife. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Bong's, and then Harvey's like, you're right. Um, we still need to cut a little bit of it or else we're not releasing this movie in the U.S. And so he compromised. So basically what I mean is like, I would love to see a director's cut of that movie because mm-hmm. I think it's perfect as it is, but imagine... That there's more of a uh, distinct, clear... Yeah. Bong Joon Ho is Bong Joon Ho is a really distinct storyteller, and he his characters have a really special language and how they talk to each other. It's almost playful, and I think he took a lot of that out of the movie, like probably you know ten or twenty minutes of character development and great stuff that we didn't see. But I, regardless, I think it stands on its own as just a really damn good movie. And um, have you seen the host, John? Uh, have no, you, both I've... you seen the host. 
I need to see that. I haven't seen it yet. I it's been on my list for a while after Quentin Tarantino talked about it. It is <laughs> the perfect monster movie. It's just everything you would love about Parasite in a, to a certain extent, but just imagine a monster is abducting people in the middle of that. It's just really great characters and just a really great another mirror of of what our world is like but with a monster and i think he does that he just like you said with memories of murder he'll just put really you know relatable characters in really shitty situations and lets it play out and it ultimately becomes a really just great reflection on who we are and and how we deal with stuff and i think yeah he's he's one of my favorite directors in general and i'm glad parasite's doing really well yeah, he seems like such a such a great guy too. Yeah, and there's just another reason to hate Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> exactly, yeah. that's that's. The he's got to put thing. his dick everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> In the train, he's got to put it on the train. Yeah. God damn he's, it! He's a predator to women and a predator to uh, to movies, and I'm glad he's gonna <laughs> rot in prison. Yeah. <laughs> hell, hell yeah, son. <laughs> uh, that was good. Um... So yeah. That... What's your number three? My number three, we have talked about also a lot on this podcast. Um, my top three spoilers alert in general, I have talked about a lot on this podcast. Number three consists of one of my favorite musical scores of all time. It's got some of the best directors of all time, and it's got Ex Machina and Star Wars' Oscar Isaac. It is Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well. Before you before you go on, oh, I'll say dear. my number three is also inside Louis. Oh, there we go. Right. Let's How share. About that? Let's share our number three. Let's, yes, let's, let's share, share it. Yeah. it. Oh, so nice. It's the season during of the sharing ho- during the yeah. holidays. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. That's like, I I, I don't think we've ever like we've definitely shared picks before. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, but I don't think we've ever had the exact same like slot. I think this is the first, yeah. Yeah. The first on the podcast. Wow. Nice. I'm witnessing yeah, history, think- aren't I? We're thinking uh <laughs> yeah, we're thinking alike. Um Yes. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean like what what more can we say? We love this movie. We love uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we we adore it. Uh the music, the uh, the countless numbers, the Adam Driver boom boom and uh <laughs> You know, you know the please, Mister Kennedy. I don't wanna go. Uh oh, and the uh, and and um, just the fact that this movie is just so. At the same time, it has all these just scenes that bring a smile to your face and are yet also um, just so bleak and um, sad as you're watching this guy endlessly struggle. As kind of the whole movie's about the end of this um, uh, folk singer's career that nobody heard about essentially um mm. yeah and i never kind of thought that a movie about um a movie about a folk star like a, a fictional folk star um from the 60s would be this high on my decade list for the 2010s but on just a personal level i just love it that much yeah that's same for me too as when i when you really i guess look at the premise it's yeah, a struggling folk singer in New York uh, in the 60s. It's like, okay. Um, like, I guess that's kind of interesting, but uh, it doesn't really, like, it doesn't really pull me in. But this is a movie that's so it personally, like, 
strikes a chord with me no pun intended <laughs> and um <laughs> it's another one that's just utterly rewatchable and it's also one that i um uh, i also think it's it's um like we mentioned a little bit before with um i think jake's number four pick but uh i, I think it sort of um displays some themes on depression and mental health too and it's something that i rewatch sort of on when i sort of have a down period or a stretch where i need to um sort of uplift myself which is weird because it is a very bleak film yeah because like at the end he kind of gets kicked in the face you know yeah. shut literally thrown down in the streets you know by the by the industry mm-hmm. if you will but uh, yeah i guess there is something about his relentless stubbornness to do what he believes he's born to do that just it, it kind yeah it's it's kind of very uplifting at the same time mm-hmm. and it, it almost too is like it gives you a sort of a level of self-awareness where you see that he's taking out a lot of issues that he has with himself yeah. personally and stuff that's gone on. He takes that out on other people. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, um, it, it, it can be relatable in that sense. Whereas that if, you know, even just in general, very basic level, if you're having a bad day and then you uh, will flip someone off in your, in while you're driving in your car or something, and you realize, oh, it's not really about them doing something. It's just that I'm like pissed off today. Um, that's, and that's a very basic level of thinking of it too. But even with, um, I, I guess, depression, that can lead you to being angry or giving you resentment towards something. But um, I, I think in the end, even you know, he's getting, um, you know, when he, I guess, you see him again with this man who who beats the living shit out of him. Um, it's almost like a uh, full circle moment mm-hmm. where he uh, he has sort of a self awareness moment, come to Jesus moment with himself. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I and I think it's 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 bleak, but also at the same time it can be um, uplifting and um, and relatable. Uh, yeah, and then there's there's just something about like that just that Bob Dylan number at the end, how he's singing the mm. same song as him, and how it kind of speaks to how there were all these, you know, folk singers that we never heard about from this era. And it was essentially cause a guy, a guy, you know, the, ind- you know, there's a lot of talk during the movie about how the industry is looking for something different. You know, they're all seeing the mm-hmm. same thing. And essentially this guy, this young kid with a twangy voice doing the same like folk songs as, as everyone else but kind of putting his own spin on it is like and, and ended up being known as the greatest songwriter ever yeah. um is kind of just like that the fact that he came from an era of all of these just folk singers that were um just struggling to get by yeah I, I've, I've always just found that really interesting yeah and it, i think it's i looked a lot into this too um just because the the movie made me interested but I think it's loosely based off of Dave Van Ronk, who I had never mm. heard of before the movie, but I guess he was a a legendary folk singer in New York during this time who never really like made it big like Bob Dylan, but with everyone sort of around him, he was like the guy. Um, but Bob Dylan somehow is the one that made it big. Yeah. He's regarded as one of the greatest uh, musicians of all time. And, 
but Dave Ronk was always this sort of underlying um, legend uh, in the scene that just things happened in his life that he never ended up making it. Um, and, and so that you can kind of relate that to, uh, to Oscar Isaac's character. Um, but yeah, it's really, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a yeah. movie that I've wanted to like analyze more and, um, rewatch just to, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to watch it together more. sometime, John, whenever yeah. we, whenever we find the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, um, over the years has become one of my, one of my faves for sure. Yeah. That's our number three. Two birds, uh, yeah, one two stone. Birds, yeah, number three. Exactly. Uh, on to on to number two. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, number two is Good Time, directed by the Safdie brothers. Cool. Um, cool movie, isn't it? Um, it's a cool <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Safdie brothers have. I would always cite them as you know, as me, someone who's. who's desperately trying to make films at a shoestring budget and, and working with non-professionals a lot of the time. The Safdie brothers, and I guess this is a quick tidbit on them and not on the film itself, but you know they, they made short films for, I think, a decade. Um, just whatever popped into their head, they would shoot it, basically. They, uh, oftentimes, it'd be like skits on the street or kind of social uh, conventions that they would kind of deconstruct. Um, and I love their short films, um, and they obviously went on to make really great feature films as well. Um, I believe some of them are in the Criterion Channel uh, or Amazon Prime, some of their early work, which is really great. Um, but Good Time is a movie that, it was my introduction to them, um, and it's a movie that, like a lot of these, just shifted my perspective on what's possible in film, uh, especially if making it uh, making it i believe they probably made it under you know 20 million dollars um that movie like a lot of character studies we see these days we follow a really despicable shitty human being uh played by the great uh sir edward robert pattinson who's (laughs) i think one of the best actors we have working today um you know launching that sort of uh, pat pattinson sans i don't think there's a good word for that but uh just him really killing it uh and good time really kind of launched him into the stratosphere of um taking him seriously and you know he's batman now and he's uh in the new christopher nolan film and good time uh like i've said with all these movies it it, it says so much about us uh i think it's in response to uh having a really divided country and having a really divided people uh, I think it looks in that in a very bleak lens and how this, this man sort of navigates a really shitty night and, you know, sort of this, you know, white privileged look at the world that's very much, you know, showing how certain people in this world could take what they want with no repercussions. They could do it relentlessly until everyone around them has sort of suffered because of them. And that's Robert Pattinson in this movie. And, you know, you do, you don't necessarily advocate for what he's doing, but you see why he does it, and you see how a person can sink to that level of scum, and how so many people in our world have sunk into that level of scum. Oh, I think this movie, above all of that, is just extremely visceral. I think 
the Safdie brothers, you know, if you've seen, I can't wait to see Uncut Gems, but if you've seen the trailer, they've created a new genre of like chaos filmmaking, which is just presented in the world in the most chaotic, just, you know, you can't trust anything um, and you can't trust anyone, which I've you know I've said in previous movies, which I think is a really cool trait and it to put in a movie um, and your lead character. And I think Good Times, a really great character study. I think it's one of the best performances we've had this decade. And I think is if, if someone were to ask me to show me a Snapchat snapshot of the late 2010s, I would show them Good Time because I think it says a lot about us in the worst way possible. And I'm sorry that was such a sad rant about why I love that movie. <laughs> no, that's it's all, right. a... it's all right. All of yours have been sad. Um, <laughs> a, it's been a sad 2010s. What can I say? Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, it's consistency. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's when we've all become adults, so that's why it, it gets sad. It really yeah. is. It really is. <laughs> yeah, a good time was uh, I'm just, I mean, hearing you talk about good time makes me that much more excited about uncut gems mm-hmm. um just to see I, I just saw adam sandler and kevin garnett on jimmy kimmel and hell yeah i, like, I gotta oh watch my that god that's on my watch yeah. list on YouTube. <laughs> i was like i forgot kevin garnett's in this too <laughs> yeah oh yeah um, i forgot yeah. he's my favorite actor how could i forget that <laughs> i see everything he's done <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, Robert Pattinson. After this movie, you realize okay, he's not just the that guy from Twilight. Yeah. Um, which I've never seen any of the Twilight <laughs> movies, so I can't really talk. Me but, neither. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I'm actually I'm excited to see how he um, you know, what he does with the Batman character. I guess just because um, after seeing that in the Lighthouse, now he's obviously yes. one of the best actors working today. Um, yeah, yeah our, good our other De Niro. Yes, he's our our other next De Niro. Yeah, it, it just yeah the the chaos that goes on in Good Time and yeah um, that you can tell that will be in Uncut Gems. Yeah, the, the uh, yeah I, I really like exciting. the phrase of uh, chaos cinema mm-hmm. because um, yeah, I I've never I've always thought that the Safdie brothers uh, movies are so unique that. Um, Especially good time, and I, I still have to see heaven knows what. But uncut gems looks on similar lines to good time in a way, and the idea of chaos cinema uh, really encapsulates the way these movies seem to be constructed and the the feeling it brings audiences. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, and like with chaos cinema, it's like it shows how hectic, especially living in like New York or any type of city where there's so many people. And so many people that want shit from each other and how everything's like a, just a transaction of money and really, you know, with, you know, strangers and stuff like that. It just, it captures urban life and how hectic that is and how, you know, people just are at odds with each other so quickly. And again, how someone like Pattinson, who's, who's seemingly like kind of a loser, you know, he's, he's robbing banks uh, with his mentally ill brother played by Benny Safdie, who's great. And how self-important that a lot of people think they are, that the world revolves around them and is like, give me everything. I will do whatever it takes to have it. While also he wants to take care of his brother too. So it's just a super complicated situation. And so are a lot of people in this world. So I feel like that movie captures that 
complexity just perfectly and i yeah like i and said I, i've noticed through watching most of the safties brother safty the safty brothers work that they kind of possess a a knack for um for building stories around very um very um out there characters very quirky yeah. characters filled with anxiety that have a sort of um, program desperation to do oddball things to survive. Um, and this one <laughs> really goes for all, all out on that uh, idea. And uh, yeah, yeah, listening uh, to you talking about it makes me want to watch it again. And uh, I can't wait for Uncut Gems uh, very much. Can't can't. I'm really wait. mad at everyone who has seen it before me. Yeah. Because all those people, you know, suck, and I'm awesome. Uh, <laughs> I've definitely I've been googling like past few days of Uncut Gems early screenings to see if there's any sort of early screening around uh, where I'm at. Yeah. yeah, and Good Times was it's one of those movies that after seeing it's like okay I want to see whatever these guys do next. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if you guys watch I um I like uh, Casey Neistat on youtube i think he's got some he's got some cool videos but that was the first time i ever saw them was i think uh they're friends or whatever and he was just in, oh wow uh, he just <laughs> had the safety brothers in one of his videos and i was like oh okay these guys are kind of interesting and all of a sudden they're directing this movie with robert pattinson <laughs> and it's super well acclaimed and now they're doing uncut James yeah and now adam, adam sandler, sandler and he's kevin doing garnett, he's yeah. doing and kevin garnett yeah he's doing all adam sandler now is doing so much press for and he's like you know these uh, these safty guys. They're very, you know, they're very serious. So I just wanted to do my <laughs> you, best. He always talks about. He's like the safties are uh, very yeah. serious, real did filmmakers. <laughs> did you hear what he uh, he said that if he doesn't get nominated for the Oscar for Uncut Gems, he's gonna make the worst movie of his career next year with Netflix? And I believe him because like. How many well, yeah. times has he In done that? In a way, that? it's like a bid, but at the same time, it's not because he totally probably is making a movie for uh, Netflix next year as scheduled. He wants that yeah. Oscar. Where he's going Oscar on vacation, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably going on vacation somewhere, and then they're going to make a movie. And yeah, I mean, he's like, Netflix, we're going yeah. to Hawaii, so how about Spade <laughs> comes along and we'll, we'll play with dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make a movie. But yeah, you should definitely watch his uh, his interview on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. It's oh uh, no, it's on it's, good, it's yeah. on my list, John. Yeah. Don't and worry. I, yeah, I, I was imp- I was impressed with Kevin Garnett, and I'm excited to see Kevin. Garnett I hear he's in the amazing. You're, in you're impressed with Kevin Garnett on the Jimmy Kimmel interview because he's like I don't know, you know, when you see um what after the Celtics won the championship and Kevin yeah, Garnett, he seems so possible. Like, <laughs> he seems yeah, so, like such an possible. incoherent maniac but on jimmy kimmel he has full sentences and seems yeah. he's he's at peace with himself he doesn't want to he doesn't want to not ki- just this dumb athlete yeah he doesn't want to kill lebron james yeah he's <laughs> but he actually he was like he was like yeah i just play myself or whatever but it's like no kevin you're more than just yourself man yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, that's, right. I can't yeah. wait for that. So yeah, got, someone had to have good time on this list. So mm-hmm. I'm glad. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm thankful. <laughs> All, All right, right, Luke. My number two. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Just say it, man. I haven't said it yet. You know, my Let number two is Francis Ha. <laughs> You've talked about it on this yeah. podcast before, haven't you? Yes, I have. And you didn't so, say it this uh, time, so. 
to uh, preview another another direct filmmaker's um, work that's coming out. Little Women is coming out. And so, yeah, someone's got to have some uh, Greta Gerwig on this list. So I thought, yeah, <laughs> um, this is not only a movie that uh, I personally just love and I got I got to watch like like John said with inside Lewin Davis it's like this movie is really um like therapy to me like I like it's something I gotta just like watch sometimes you know Mm -hmm. you just gotta put on and it's and it's especially made for that because it is like an hour and 20 and every um um every scene is uh so much uh, it's filled with so much uh substance and uh uh, wit and character and richness that it, it just makes every second uh, worth it and I, I yeah and not only do I personally love it I just think that it is so important um, because Greta Gerwig is so important and this is her like just not not like it's obviously she didn't direct the film but I believe that it is her movie in a way like she it is about her it is like one of the most personal movies she's made and it is and it, it kind of it kind of just shows a new way in which just like just kind of a bre- um a breakthrough way in which uh, just a breakthrough performance for a, a female character a female persona a female actress um in ways that we haven't seen in kind of a natural uh real life way that we haven't seen um like there you know there's that south park line you know it's a joke women are funny now get over it you know and (laughs) i and i you know i'm always like rooting for women to be funny and for women to express themselves um in through not through not just comedy but also just um just showing who they really are and i don't think not only just for men and women, I think this movie just has a one of the most uh, personal performances um, and scripts that we've seen. But I think that um, just this movie has just so much. Um, it's all just real life dialogue from Greta Gerwig's life, real things she said, um, things that she's thinking on a daily basis um, and just feels like the portrait of her. And not you know she's not only she really funny in it and has just expresses all her quirkiness in it, but she just describes her, um, just the lu- the the lust for life that she has and um, yeah yeah I just uh I just really like Francis Ha, and I just think it's so important for the future of um, future of acting, writing, directing, and especially is such a uh a flagship role model film for uh females yeah noel bombeck another director um that's big right now because of marriage story uh and greta gerwig who directed little women yeah it's um yeah i really like francis ha too and uh it also stars adam driver who yeah again He's one of the best uh, actors of his uh, generation and just our time right now. Yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about Francis Ha because I left it off my list too. Um, number 12, I think. Um, but that's, yeah, like, it means a lot to me too. And it, I think 
generationally, uh, anyone under the age of 30 deeply connects to Francis as a character and Greta Gerwig's interpretation on sort of being lost in yourself and, and, and wherever you live when you're in your 20s and, you know, feeling like you don't belong. Like, it's it's like a childlike uh, feeling that you'd feel in school is like, where do I go and, and who, do, who do I integrate with? And it's like, you still feel that in your 20s. And I think Greta, that's really truthful for her to put that on screen. And it's, 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 it's weirdly taboo because it's like lonely, loneliness and isolation is never really depicted as well as it does in like a comedy like that. And then having a really great sense of realism. And uh, it's a love story about friendship also, which is a really sort of great look at that as well. And, you know, I could talk for days, but it means a lot to me. It means a lot to friends that I've had uh, that love that movie to death. It's it's really become a phenomenon, really, for film lovers and uh, Noah Baumbach fans and Greta Gerwig fans. It's, it's a great movie, and I, I hope they stay married for a long time and make great art together. Yes, I hope <laughs> that marriage story doesn't come true for them. <laughs> It's definitely one that's um it's it's big now with movie lovers. It's, it'll go down as sort of a a classic, um or just a a, a common favorite with um, people of our generation. I feel like yeah, um, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, all right, number two, number two. So okay, so my number two is uh, one that I know both of you have seen, and we have also talked about it within the past half an hour or so. Um, and I, I wanted to include at least one 2019 movie on it because I, um, so far I've, I've loved 2019, uh, as mm-hmm. a year for movies. So yeah. my number two is Parasite. Nice. Bong Joon-ho. Yes. And, uh, and a movie that I, uh, still right now I am dying to see it again. Uh, and I can't wait till it, uh, it comes out on, um, on VOD so I can rewatch it. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and immediately wanted to see all of Bong Joon Ho's movies. Uh, had no idea he also directed Snowpiercer, so I need to rewatch that one too. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, I also loved Memories of Murder. Um, just watching that, and now The Host is yes. on my list too. Definitely. Um, but Parasite was one I I didn't know too much about it going into, which I thought was great um, because just based on um, just reading the short little plot of it and um seeing the the poster for it it looks like it's this really dark uh thriller that's gonna be like unsettling to watch um and there, there are parts of that but it's also um it also feels real in the sense that there's a lot of humor in it too uh and it's not just completely through through and through a very dark and um, sort of gritty thriller um, that it, it feels real. It's a real story about classism, and um, uh, and it has some dark themes in it, but uh, it, it's not too over the top or or bleak. And uh, yeah, it, wow, it just um, kind of blew me away, and I can't wait to to watch it again. And so far, it's it's spoiler for our, our future top thirty list of twenty nineteen. But oh my so God. far it's it's still my favorite it's movie. Probably of the year. yeah. If I mean if it's <laughs> up this far for the decade, I assume <laughs> that it's probably pretty high on the on the yes. yeah, the top thirty. So 
Thanks for the spoiler. I don't need to watch it. I don't need to do watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, who knows? It could change. There's still some yeah. movies coming out this year, yeah. but There's, these lists are interchangeable. Um, yeah. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I absolutely loved Parasite, and uh, oh yeah, I just immediately after seeing it, I I just wanted to talk to people about it. <laughs> it's, it's one of the, you know, I I didn't want to just think about it to myself. I wanted like, oh my god, I just want to talk to. Oh, you saw Parasite too? Yeah. Oh yeah, my god, yeah. wasn't it so? Yeah. yeah. That's a um, sign of just yeah. a really great movie. It's just I I, need I remember to talk when I to saw uh, Sorry to Bother You in the theaters. There was like one other guy in there with me. <laughs> <laughs> and like after it was over i was kind of like we just kind of both awkwardly walked out and i just kind of wanted to say like like oh my god like <laughs> did you see that <laughs> you just know? wanted to bond over that with but him. Yeah, yeah but i of course i just like didn't say anything and <laughs> we awkwardly walked <laughs> out while i was he was full probably of energy he was probably thinking the same thing too or yeah i mean but i was yeah, kind of scared like, of being yeah. like oh my god did you see that and he was like yeah, what the fuck was that? And I would have been like, "Sucked." Oh, <laughs> that's why I don't talk to people randomly. It's another yeah, great exactly. uh, 2010 pick, by the way. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, yeah, yeah another one that easily could have <laughs> yeah. been on our lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parasite, uh, like you said, the poster, and if you see, it's the thing with Korean movies. You're like, that looks like a really dark korean film about who knows it's it's like it looks like a horror movie right yeah uh but that movie has charm to it 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 draws you in visually because how beautiful it looks the score is great the performances are great it's like a dynamite just knockout of a movie that just has a ton to say pretty much everything i said Mm -hmm. was snowpiercer in terms of classism and um you know the different uh power structures of of our world and to do that in a very simple premise in a really simple thriller um taking twists and turns that you don't see for miles coming and i think i i would not be mad if anyone said that's their favorite bong joon ho movie or just the best movie of 2019 i think it's perfect i really love it mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh, when it started out i think it was great that i didn't know much about it going into yeah um because I, I mean to even give you more context I saw it maybe a, a week or two after I had just moved to a new state. I didn't know anybody. I asked my wife briefly if she wanted to see it. She saw like the poster, and and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she was like, "Yeah, it's probably not for me." But it's totally not that at all. No. And I and I went to it, and um, it, it even yeah, it just starts out. It just sort of feels like a comedy. It <laughs> and yeah, and it yeah. slowly unravels into this um, you know, this darker thriller and uh yeah it all works it just it just feels so natural and and like it like it feels like a comedy starting out it's just sort of normal for this family too and then yeah all of a sudden shit hits the fan and um yeah no i uh absolutely love parasites uh i i needed to include one 2019 movie on my list and this was easily the one to to do it so yeah that's my number two love it Right, we're down to number one. Uh, Weirdly, this was my easiest slot on my list because this isn't only my favorite movie of the 2010s, it's also my favorite movie in general uh, of all time. Uh, Wow. You know, if someone on the street were to ask me, what's your favorite movie? Why do you make movies? Why do you want to make movies? 
uh american honey is my favorite movie and luke talked about it before uh again i second everything he said uh the first viewing experience of that movie is just absolutely breathtaking i uh, you go on this just spiritual journey with these characters. Uh, like he said, it was depicting a very uh, underrepresented part of our country, which is the lower half uh, economically, uh, especially um, with youth. Like you've seen in the Florida Project, you see it through the, the eyes of uh, a young child. Uh, American Honey, they're more so like 19, 20 uh, years old, you know early 20s i would say um so you follow uh sasha lane's character her name's star um and she, you sort of just go with her as she navigates you know the complexities of not only our world and how just how it's really tough to navigate you know like geographically like it's a road trip movie but also you know what kind of job you or career path you should take or and who she should love in her case it's Shia LaBeouf and she does it in such a fearless way where I think she um star who's the lead character is a representation of just freedom and in a world that's so constrained by a career path or just uh really anything that's holding you down in life um financially or, or, or religiously whatever that movie just takes it on its head and it's like let's go be free together and that's what these characters are in this movie um it's a singular vision um in terms of just how it makes you feel free how it uh teaches but it's a common thread in these movies is movies that teach you that we need to take care of each other and we need especially in the latter half of the 2010s and the movie shows how economically um, and, uh, uh, you know, large corporations have sort of, you know, plummeting the lower half of this, this country. And uh, Shia LaBeouf's character is, is, is like the representation of like uh, the dangerous side of like falling in love and, and how it can, it can be sort of chaotic. And I think that movie just overall, you know, I could ramble for days about it, but uh, I think it represents uh, everything I love about this decade, the 2010s, which is an artist having uh, just a few million dollars and going to make a movie about so many things that we take for granted, which is each other, like other people and, 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 and what freedom truly is and what love really is and what we need in this life and in the case of American Honey, it's we don't need a lot. Truly, we don't need a lot. We really, we we need family. We need friends. We need a purpose. And that movie is about finding a purpose for any aspect of life. And I think it's the best representation of this decade in terms of independent film, but also having a unique voice, especially like Luke said with Francis Ha from a female perspective. And that's my favorite movie of all time and my favorite movie of the decade. I love it so much. I uh, hope you all see it. Awesome. Yeah, like I said when uh, when Luke was talking about it, it's one I obviously need to see because <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it. And I've, I've heard from other people actually about how much they loved it. And um, it, it's, not a, it's not a movie that, that the general public, I feel like, knows too much about. Oh. Um, so you don't you don't hear about it too much. It's not really on top of your top of your mind. But 
uh yeah it's um one i'll be i'll be seeing for sure um just based on your recommendations yeah yeah he's uh all i'll say is he's not uh overselling it <laughs> <laughs> maybe on a first watch i am because i've seen it like 10 times but <laughs> um, email email john if you think he is overselling it <laughs> Yeah, not only your favorite movie of the decade, but favorite favorite movie of all time. Yeah, so yeah, that's big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just on an emotional standpoint, it's like it's it goes beyond just a movie because like I could sit here and talk about uh, Mission Impossible and Creed and and all these movies that from the decade that I loved that I left off. That was the one movie, maybe apart from Moonlight, that really just made me think about humanity and just more than just a film and above that that movie is really well constructed like it's beautifully shot it has a soundtrack from just really great contemporary music like there's a lot of rap music yeah, yeah a the lot music of great, really uh captures the decade really well yeah. um it's just yeah. a perfect snapshot of, of 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 youth and the best parts about uh youth and beyond that just 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 life in general and that that's the best way i think i could sum it up it's just a celebration of of breaking out of your shell and for someone who's like an introverted just shy person it's like it's a freedom of just expressing yourself in one movie and i think that's a beautiful thing all right well my number (sighs) one Felt like I just got a lot off my chest. Wow. We have one number one down. Now on to the next. Here we go. My number one is Sprang Breakers. Sprang Breakers. Sprang Breakers. (laughs) Go watch Sprang Breakers. (laughs) Yeah, well, Jake already talked about it. I've also talked about it a lot on this podcast. (laughs) And I will say I've only slept like three hours right now. Uh, because I'm a maniac, and so explaining Spring Breakers just sounds, like, really tough. But I will do it. <laughs> um, so when I – my, like, journey with this movie, I basically had to, like, kind of forget certain notions um, that I've had about watching movies in order to, like, understand it more. You know, because I remember, like, the first time I ever saw it, I was questioning just everything. Uh, it was, like, so long ago, and I was just, like, I remember I saw it, and I was, like, what the fuck? What is going on? Like, that, that is so stupid, you know, how they <laughs> kill everyone at the end. That is so dumb. <laughs> Why would they even do that? This movie's dumb. <laughs> and so then the, I watched it, like, many years later, and I... I, I had a more like open mind. I, I, I really just I, I cleared my mind of what I thought before and I got more out of it the second time and I, I just kind of thought that the movie was a satire the second time on like MTV culture and just kind of on just my generation, our generation in general, it felt like a satire on our generation. So then I watched it a third time and I remember it was like Jake, I watched it with Jake, and Jake told me to not even look at it that way, to even forget more about what I thought about it, and 
so I I watched it again with an even clearer mind and I basically just took in the energy that this movie has and that's kind of that's why it's my top of the decade it's why it's one of my favorite movies ever this so weird fucked up movie that most a lot of people hate and don't understand um it's just because it has an untouchable energy that basically encapsulates so much of um what it like what it is to like just be alive like jake jake i'll just reiterate jake talked about breaking out of your shell and breaking out of um your routine i just feel like this movie is about like a lot about i mean you could interpret it as i don't even know if harmony corinne intends it to be about anything but (laughs) um i think that it you can say it's about getting out of a rut you could say it's um you could you could also say it's a about mtv culture you could say you could say it's about uh the celebrating uh just uh debauchery and partying and uh substance use in general um but overall i just love it so much because i've never seen a movie quite like it it makes me feel like nothing else it makes me feel so free it has an untouchable energy i just love the never-ending skrillex you know skrillex (laughs) imagery where it's just like constant partying and the i just can't get enough of that i love watching james franco uh drive his um whatever awesome car to some to gucci main and waka flocka and walk into the club and talk to Gu- and gucci mains there acting and i love watching james franco you know talk about money on his bed and how he has scarface on repeat um <laughs> yeah i just have i just love this movie i love harmony corinne he's one of the uh just i i, I just think he's easily or if not the most brilliant one of the most brilliant minds in art and cinema that we've had um over the past couple decades and this is his best film so yeah that is why it's my best of the decade wow awesome very passionate uh explanation as that yeah i I thought i thought so (laughs) (laughs) also everyone knows i loved the beach bum Yes, I uh, Beach Bum. I also really enjoyed this year. Yeah, and I need to now. I've only seen Spring Breakers and the Beach Bum of Harmony Korine. I gotta um, dive more into go down that gummo rabbit Bum. hole, gummo yeah. and uh, trash humpers. <laughs> I've, I've heard fun. I've heard some of his movies can be a little disturbing. Sure, um, <laughs> you could say but, that. But I, I think I'm prepared for it now. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. will say you've seen this. You've seen Spring Breakers. I mean, you're 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 kind of you're ready you're not like i mean you're you see some pretty uh depressing things but you're you're fine mm-hmm. you're 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 fine i'm okay i can handle it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah uh, i guess anything else to say about your number one i mean we had a lot a lot from jake about it too spring yeah it's, break. No, spring I'm, break i'm, I'm good <laughs> awesome i i definitely think uh people made their sort of preconceived opinions on it 
um, just by seeing like Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, it's these Disney girls that are trying to like be out there and yes. it was marketed it really was... badly too. I I also yes. love I yes. love how the casting does. I love that about it too. How it takes, it's all it's a group of people just really trying to do something different and and not giving a shit about what uh i mean james franco always is like this but specifically uh the disney channel (laughs) females how they're just in a way that it's they're they're really going on this adventure this weird adventure for real and just kind of just trying to do something different from their lives and just not giving a shit what everyone thinks and Mm -hmm. yeah this movie just doesn't uh it doesn't give a shit and i like that nice (laughs) yeah doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everyone's so serious. Awesome. All right. Um, well, I guess that leads me to my number one, which I will preface with it's not uh, – I wouldn't deem it as nearly as important as uh, as your number ones. I don't uh, say it's important that. To, Come on. It's a, yeah, it's important <laughs> to me because it's my favorite movie of the decade. Um, and it's just personally just – one of my favorite movies ever. Is it Ted? Um, it's <laughs> Ted too. <laughs> uh, no, and my favorite, uh, my number one movie of the decade uh, is What We Do in the Shadows. Um, the Taika Waititi, Jermaine Clement um, comedy from uh, 2014. Um, mockumentary style uh, movie. And I, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a... Um, a curveball in a way it's it's not like a super i'm like a little surprised but i also shouldn't be because you're <laughs> like best of list i mean your favorites of all time list out of everything from the decade this is like the highest on that yes. list so i shouldn't be surprised as of now this is definitely be in my top 10 movies of all time I would oh say. wow it's I, I think i've said this about my top uh my top four but just rewatchability. like this is one i could i could literally watch whenever um, and it's because it doesn't it, take itself too seriously. It doesn't take itself too seriously, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is so, uh, like perfect towards my sense of humor that mm. I can't even, um, uh, it makes I me, would like, say, um, everyone's almost too. I think it's like, just, yeah, yeah I think it's just, I, I think it's just funny. Like it's just, yeah, it, it is. It is undoubtedly just a funny movie. Yeah. Um, like if we want to get deep with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'm I'm a big fan of Flight of the Concords too, and it has I mean it has Jermaine Clement in it, and he's one of the directors. But it also it has a similar style of humor, and just like that that dry sense of humor is just something that um, I guess I've always had. I don't I don't have a super I'm not a super like peppy, upbeat sort of uh, in your face type person, and this is just sort of the dry um, office mockumentary yeah, type of yeah, humor that would, really just like is right up my alley um yeah and i just i i just love this movie so much i love taika waititi and it's jermaine clement and uh their uh their friend god what's his name like Stu. yes Stu. he's like the one normal person in it I <laughs> yeah 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 and, they, and, then, they, and yeah, then they eat him up and then reese darby too he's uh one of the the werewolves uh in it and there's this whole werewolf that comes into it I, I can't even explain it too much as just how much i love this movie it's just it's every scene so funny when i rewatch it 
I'm always like, oh, like thinking in my head, like, oh, this uh, is when they, nah, this, this is like, when they do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when yeah. they say this. That is the sign uh, of a favorite movie where, like, every scene you're like, oh, I can't miss this. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Yes, I'm I just, s- I just nerd yeah. out about yeah, it. Yeah, you're just yeah. glued to the chair. Yeah, I saw this movie in like yeah. film school. Red. Uh, really? Yeah, I saw wow. it in film school. They showed it to us because uh, we were supposed to make mockumentaries uh, for class, and I didn't know what it was, and I just remember watching it and thinking why all right this is the funniest thing like i've ever seen why did i not know what it <laughs> what this is how have i never seen this at all yeah and i i just i yeah like i've never watched um it's rare when you watch a comedy where it like hits you know every mm-hmm. beat every comedic beat it goes for and this yeah. really does and it's just got a beautiful rhythm to it yeah, I'm not. I'm not unique in thinking this is a funny movie for sure, uh, but it's just when I like when I look for a comedy like this is it ticks every box um, as to what um, I guess works works for me. Yeah, I just think it's it's so clever and funny, and almost when I hear that, it's like okay, it's like a mockumentary style thing. I'm like okay, yeah, yeah like The Office has done that, like Spinal Tap, like like we've seen that, but this uh, it doesn't even. It doesn't feel like a, I guess, um, a filmmaking tool that's been overused. It just feels so great. Yeah. I love. I For love. Some I love reason, the character it's just dynamics. so. It's just so fresh, and I think it's just. Yeah. It, I think it's just because it's a purely, it's pure comedic brilliance, and that is it. You yeah. Know? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing else. There's a yeah. Sure. There's a reason why Taika is one of the most celebrated and just people love him this decade because well his output's crazy too like what we do in the shadows and hunt for the wilder people and thor ragnarok he's been on a run um mm-hmm. but he looks at the world in such like a silly and childlike just really uplifting way and i think people just love that and relate to that and mm-hmm. he's he's just really confident in himself and i think he's he's becoming one of our most unique storytellers that we have and uh i love i love that movie i love hunt for the wilder people a lot too it's just mm-hmm. sam neill's so great in that movie and he's such a great way of working with actors and really having just really just confident performances and really funny performances that you don't see in film anymore and he's he's he's, he's redefining comedy which is a thing we need for sure mm-hmm. yeah hunt, hunt for the wilder people was one that nearly made my list uh too uh, yeah, Taika Waititi is—he's a really likable guy nowadays, which is why oh, yeah. he's. I mean, Jojo Rabbit was a extremely well marketed movie, uh, just in the fact that um, while people may not know Taika Waititi by name, they at least know about the movie now. They know, um, they obviously know the Thor movies, Thor Ragnarok. But uh, right, yeah, it's um, yeah, what we do in the shadows—it's just, yeah. I I mean I, I I was interested in seeing it just based on the fact that I'm a fan of Flight of the Concords, um, but then this just even takes that to another level. That sort of dry sense of humor that um, Jermaine Clement and uh, and Taika Waititi um, yeah. have. So to quote uh, John yeah. Mulaney, quoting Mick Jagger, "It's just funny, <laughs> funny, <laughs> not funny." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah that's my uh that's my number one but like i just mentioned hunt for the wilder people almost made my list which is a good segue nice. into some honorable mentions 
which I know, Jake, you have some honorable mentions that you. Uh, oh, I have so many. Um, definitely have some mention. I'll just I'll just write a few a few off really fast. I, I won't talk a lot about them. Uh, man, another action movie that uh, I wish I could have mentioned is The Raid Two, uh, and mm-hmm. honestly, The Raid One. I think they're the best choreography we've ever gotten in an action movie. Um, the Raid Two specifically is incredibly ambitious and really great um what else do we got here uh widows really really important movie a really great thriller that we don't see these days a really great sort of michael mann callback um and a great ensemble cast um creed ryan coogler is also one of our most important filmmakers that we have you know stepping up to do black panther and uh, fruitville station was a great debut but i think creed is a great just very uplifting sports movie and a very great character study first and foremost and i think is electrifying uh parasite we already talked about i will mention one more um uh, manchester by the sea uh starring casey affleck uh, directed by kenneth lonergan is one of my favorite scripts of the decade um that movie captures grief and just hardship better than most films do i think it's a really brave movie i think the performances are great um i think kenneth lonergan is one of the most underrated writers ever i think he's only made three movies uh he also wrote gangs in new york which isn't so good but damn he is he understands human emotion better than most people and i think manchester is his best film what do you guys have do you have any of those um i have creed because uh, we watched Creed that one time and it really uh, blew our fucking minds. Uh, like, not even, not overselling it, people. Like, Creed is unreal how good it is. Um, uh, I have The Irishman. Uh, I have The Lighthouse um, and Parasite uh, from this year. Um, I also have Widows. And also another one from this year, I, I decided to give... Uh, Quentin Tor- Taran- Taran Tortellini some love uh, and I put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the, the list because um, I have I think this is like my probably my all time Tarantino um, and I think it's just like a hallmark that the movie guy is making a movie about the movie industry and I fucking <laughs> love that um, uh, I also I have the other Mission Possible Mission Possible 5, not Fallout, Mission Possible 5. Um, I have Get Out, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Um, and I have Fast and the Furious 7, the one where Paul Walker said goodbye to his friends. Because it's all about <laughs> family. Family. And Coronas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lady Bird, Mad Max Fury Road, that was on John's. Um Call Me By Your Name, which was on uh, Jake's. Good Time, which was on Jake's. And I have the other two Paul Thomas Andersons of the decade. Um, I wanted to put them in the top ten, but, you know, I wanted to have some, uh, you know, variety. Uh, so, yeah, Inherit Vice and Phantom Thread are also in my honorable mentions. Um, and also uh, Magic Mike XXL is on my honorable <laughs> mentions because Magic Mike's XXL is – is stadium status male stripper movie. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that movie is just a, a amazing time. 
I could have um, put that in my top ten. I just for I don't know. I was too. Yeah, cowardly. it almost it almost <laughs> just uh, yeah. It's like it's a ballsy, way too much of a ballsy move. Almost. I couldn't describe yeah. it on this podcast in literally. such a short time. Ballsy. Yeah, literally a balls it's in your balls face to the wall. Move. Excitement. <laughs> um, that movie's perfect. Um, and also, there's this movie I wanted to put in my top ten. I had it in there until the last five minutes, and I decided oh, to put in the Wolf of Wall Street. So it was a movie called Four 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 Last Day on Earth, starring Willem Dafoe, and it's a very bleak film about an actor and a painter as they deal with the day the world comes to an end, essentially from climate change, and it is very bleak. And very sad, but also I wanted to put it in there because I think it is so powerful um, and and just so um, forward thinking or arguably more forward thinking than any movie on this list. But it's just so not as fun to talk about as the like the some of the others and I I was just being honest with myself. I I would much rather rewatch so many other movies than this but <laughs> just the fact that it affected me a lot and um and uh i thought was so uh forward thinking I, I just had to uh at least mention it uh so yeah those are all my honorable mentions nice uh like you guys i also had widows as one of my honorable mentions hey, widows. literally in the in the like few minutes before we started podcasting i i had that as my number 10 Mm. Uh, but I had to switch it out. Um, and uh, another one too. I was thinking. I was trying to be. I guess give a more more of a variety to my list, and think about what the 2010s will be remembered as. And I feel like Marvel movies and superhero movies are going to be. Oh, of course. That's. I mean, <laughs> the 2010s were all about that. So I had to think of my favorite, I guess, uh, superhero movie. The only one that I really would give a, a five-star rating to that I saw in the 2010s, and that's uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, um, definitely. The best by so I love the, the art style, love the storyline. Um, it's just it's such an enjoyable movie, and I've, I've rewatched it since, and it's still just uh, so incredibly like pleasing to the eye. Yeah. Like I just, I yeah, I can't get enough of uh of just watching that and oh yeah, um I think it's a super unique and fun movie. Um, let's see what else. I also had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, included in there. Um, I thought about Knives Out because I love that one too. But uh, yeah, I was hesitant to put um oh The Irishman is another one too. Mm-hmm. I was hesitant to put too many 2019 movies in there just yet. But I think it's a great year though. Yeah, I I think to a few months from now I definitely would would include. Um, a couple more 2019 movies for sure. Um, yeah, that's uh, wow. What a, what a decade it's been. <laughs> <laughs> this is exhausting decade, huh? Yeah. I, honest, I wow. did. I did not think we would be doing this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At the, I, in 2010, I just I did not think that this was gonna happen. Yeah. This is. Uh, I mean, Jake did. Jake predicted this when he started his yeah. list five years ago i saw yeah. inception and i was like i will remember <laughs> that i will make a list and do a podcast about it what that actually reminds me i nearly <laughs> put inception on my list <laughs> strictly because in 2010 when i saw inception 
I was like, okay, this is the greatest thing that's ever been made. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, I should get more into <laughs> movies. <laughs> I yes, I um. Oh my God, Christopher Nolan is a is a genius. And <laughs> Inception. I am the only. I'm like an auteur now. Inception is. <laughs> I am an auteur. The most amazing. He made movie me an auteur made. by just watching the yes. movie. <laughs> I am now gonna make a movie just like Inception and <laughs> become a legend. Yeah. I, I almost had to include it just because no, sixteen-year-old I, I me would have been yeah. would have definitely had that in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow, solid well, stuff, gentlemen. Good yes. picks all around. Very good lists. It's uh, yeah. Wow, it's uh, there's so much to say about uh, about the decade it's been, and I'm excited for the 2020s. Yes, the movies that that'll bring, and those movies that we those will watch yes. and then talk about. So stay tuned for 2029 when we bring out our top 10 of 2020s list. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a barn burner. Perhaps Top Gun Maverick will be on (laughs) my list. That's the only movie I could think of that is coming out next year. The Top Gun sequel. Whatever other Star Wars movie that Disney throws out there that'll be there yeah but uh, uh yeah. yeah it was good to have jake on again jake will yes. probably be back for um some oscars talk i will be yes. there we have our oscar the oscars is important to jake <laughs> as it is i will say right us, now to all that, of us uh, down below <laughs> to us all yes i will say that uh cats will win best picture and you could quote oh. me on that um, Hot two- take! Wow. <laughs> no, that's a joke. I'm just excited to see Cats <laughs> and to see how balls to the wall cinema I'm, has gotten over I'm this sure, decade. And <laughs> I know you. I know you will see Cats. I'm, I will <laughs> see I, it on Christmas Day. And I know yeah. I won't. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. It was, You'll see our predictions when we debate between whether Rise of Skywalker or Cats will win Best Picture. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah, stay tuned for that because I know you're excited to hear our thoughts on which one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So have a have a good have a merry Christmas. Have a blessed merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy New Year. And or a, yeah, we'll, or whatever you celebrate a happy holiday. Happy Happy holidays. Happy Xmas. And Kwanzaa, uh, John and I Monica. are going to be back with a much longer. Li- you thought this was long. Oh, you don't even know what's coming. You don't yeah. know what long is. <laughs> you guys should do that We're all gonna... in one sitting just so you could break this record of uh, 30 will, movies uh, and yeah. just do we 60 will... movies in one podcast. We will need some Adderall <laughs> for that. What is the yeah? What is the Guinness Book of World Records for, for the, the longest, longest podcast? podcast? I don't know, but yeah. it's, probably, it's probably Joe Rogan or something. Yes, uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> well, let's, wait, we'll take some Fuck Adderall, watch the Adderall Diaries, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how it's entirely possible that UFOs and yeah. have, have come septic tanks, or yeah, <laughs> septic tanks, whatever they put oh, themselves. I, like I feel pretty good.